welcome back good girls to part two of countdown to midnight a deep dive from a good girls gone sad perspective into taylor swift's midnight's album few things if you're listening to this at the time of its release one we have a live show coming up on december 15th celebrating the one and only becca stevenson's 30th birthday good girls gone sad presents 30 flirty and sad that is at stand up new york at 8 p.m december 15th and if you use code good girl 10 you get ten dollars off your ticket hooray huge news also we have merch that's right you can go right now into our instagram and buy yourself a little sweatshirt a little hat a little beanie situation maybe even a t-shirt a t-shirt that says jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet you can own that you can proudly wear it to your office and maybe get fired but if you do it's all in the name of good fun and good girls all right number five let's go (laughs) number five midnight rain wanting a bad boy and breaking up with someone for being too nice Midnight Rain is a little not for me so much, but also, I mean, I have dumped guys because I was like, oh no. <laughs> it's like they, that, that is so cool that you think that, um, <laughs> but no, I feel like, do I get dumped because I'm nice? Am I the Midnight Rain? No, I don't think so. Okay. Becca's like, you're not nice. When are you going to learn? You're actually, <laughs> you're actually yeah. Not- I don't think anybody would be like, you're too nice. Like I, that's just, even though you are a nice person, that's not that your energy, you don't have nice energy. Becca, I feel like you identified more closely with this song. So you should go. Yeah. I, we talked about it with Olga a little bit, wanting mm-hmm. a little bit of that like danger element to a point. I think also really interesting to see her journey from Midnight Rain to, to Sweet Nothing, because basically she was like, broke up with somebody because she was not at the time and place to be dating a Taylor Lautner or a Tom Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. And so now she's like, that's what she wants because she's realized that like she can be, you know, on the one hand, like achieving and all this stuff and respected for that, but still with somebody who's like sweet to her and isn't screaming and fighting and all that jazz. The other thing that I think is interesting in this song is the, he said the same, all of me changed like midnight very much the going sad of it all like she needed to focus on her stuff chasing that fame all of that she needed to figure that out and he wasn't like gonna work for her in that phase of life yeah as now I'm thinking is it there's two versions of that lyric because it's sometimes it's all of me changed like midnight rain it's possible that I just left out Okay. Because, like, that is like, it's like, it is midnight that is like cleansing the streets. It's like a hard do over. You like all of me changes, which mm-hmm. very baptismal. True. I mean, the reason you're a good girl gone sad is because you were a good girl and now you've gone sad. <laughs> like, the it's the second part of like, I needed to do a lot of changing and he mm. was where he was and that yeah. didn't work you're coming into your own and you're figuring your stuff out. And if people don't align with that, it's so painful, but you got to do what you got to do. And that's a hard lesson, which I think actually leads us quite well into number four. Yes. So this starts the sadder song (laughs) selection. So number four is you're on your own kid. Mm. Um, This one, This one hits, you know, it's this whole thing of leaving your good girlhood, becoming an adult, embracing all that life is thrown at you, even though it's scary and sad. I think some of the stuff that stood out to me was like the feeling of wanting to leave home. 
I always wanted to move to New York. Like when I was six, I had this in my head that like I wanted to move to New York. I wanted to go to NYU. I didn't even apply, but I always wanted to move. Exactly the same. You had to take two SAT twos that I didn't want to take them. Oh, I did take the SAT twos. I took one in science. Like that was going to go well. They also, the just to learn that my dreams aren't rare, that one got me. Nothing like being like, oh, I have this big dream and I'm really talented and I'm so special. I'm the only person in the world actually who's ever had this dream. And then you, let's say, start comedy and you're like, oh, no, there's actually a lot of really funny, talented people in the world. And there's a lot of really good writers in the world. Mm -hmm. So I think that that really hit me, too, of like you get what you thought you wanted. And then it's like, oh, no, you're not the only person who wants this and you're not special. Yeah. Or even getting it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I have a fear of getting what I want and then not being good enough. Team, this song is too much for me because we still, we're still not done with it yet. Um, yeah, there's a lot in here. <laughs> we, we were both like texting about it earlier that I hosted parties and starved my body uh, a little too close to home. Mm-hmm. So close to home, it's in our apartments. Like it drove up our driveway, unlocked the door and walked right inside. That's how to continue, I hosted parties and starved my body like I'd be saved by a perfect kiss. I don't, maybe maybe you can speak to this as someone who's about to get married, like you've had your perfect kiss. I have always hoped that when I find somebody, it's like they're not completing me. That language is very religious, is like mm-hmm. two halves to a whole, to become one. You're not as worthy as you are with somebody else. And it took a lot of unlearning to to recognize that it's like someone should not be completing you. You should be complete and they should compliment you. Mm -hmm. I've gone back and forth in my life of if I could just be in a great relationship and get married and all that stuff, like everything will sort itself out. Mm -hmm. And then I got to a point where I was like, I have so much to do before I get married because I think I always felt like when you get married, you need to have all of your independent things achieved. Yeah, this feeling of like when you're with somebody, it's going to change everything, whether it's like a good thing that you think if you are being saved by it or like a bad thing of everything I need to do needs to be checked off my list before like then. You yourself because there's someone else there. Yeah. And I think it's interesting being in a relationship that we want to last forever because it does feel as you were saying like it's just like a compliment to what I'm doing and you know he's wants me to do all the stuff that I want to do and so it's not like nothing's ending it's just sort Mm -hmm. of like a continuation I think I always thought of it as like another chapter of your life is starting close the book on to the next one versus what it really is, which is just like another person who helps you move forward into your next adventure. Uh, I don't know if it's a good girl thing. I don't know if it's a religious thing, but, or maybe it's just a, the way that media teaches you how things work. Like you are 21. That's like such a big feeling. Or like, even like, I don't know how you like, this is weird to say, but like lose the magic of Christmas. Like things happen, whether like they have a big impact on you or not. And it's not wrong that they don't like feel certain and defiant that's part of this song too is I I have this thing every year my birthday I'm like I just want to be proud of the things I've done this past year like I don't hold myself to 
because I do that every other day of the year. Um, I don't <laughs> hold myself to like, Ugh, I'm this age and I haven't done this thing, but I'm like, but look at all the things I did the year before. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. even, like, I like tried really, really hard to do that because I am so freaked out by age. I think that's a great way to look at it. It's interesting knowing Taylor's discography of like love story and songs like that, which very much the yes. narrative was you are saved by the perfect person. He perpetuated and, that lie for me. Thank you so yeah. much, Taylor. <laughs> yes. And so I think it's like interesting to see her come out the other side and be like, no relationship is going to save me. I had to save myself and a relationship can only make that better. Mm-hmm. So it's like the way she talks about Joe is so different from how she talked about anyone else, which I think is like the maturity and the probably a difference of him, but I'm sure it's more a difference in her than it is him. Yeah. Because really, I I think it's also, yeah, important to realize like, I mean, she's dated some bad people, but like no one is that amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, to the person outside agrees with I probably should have said it earlier, but the, cause there were pages turned with the bridges burned and everything you lose is a step you take. I think it's also like thinking from going from being like a good girl to being gone sad. It's mm-hmm. like the bridges you have to burn along the way. And also yeah. when she's like, my friends from home don't know what to say. It's like when you are changing so much, there's just a strange sense of like a part of you has to go. Yeah. And you also really have to decide for yourself, which is hard and very scary. Like, of course you like love and trust your friends, but you're like, am I doing the right thing by kind of splintering off? Like, are they right to be Mm -hmm. mad at me? Are they right to be annoyed or am I doing the right thing? And like, you really have to very critically think about it. It'll come back to you. It'll come back to you whether you want it to or not. So that brings us to number three, karma, Mm. which I will say, okay, specifically in religion, we were not allowed, like in my Catholic school, we were not allowed to believe in karma. Interesting. It was God's mercy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it was like, only God can judge. And it's like, no, actually that, that job belongs to Taylor Swift now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of themes in karma are very, very good girl. Like thinking you're better than everyone because you're doing what you're supposed to. Ooh, well, like just the idea that you love right and wrong and you're like, I'm doing the right thing. You're doing the wrong thing. You're not being punished right now, but it's going to come back to you. Famously, leggings. (laughs) It was like, you're wearing leggings and like, you're going to go to hell, but like, that's your own decision. That's your free will. Um, And I don't think that's exactly what Taylor is talking about, but like, if you ever have had that feeling, you know exactly the feeling in karma. And then I do think there's a lot of growth you have while listening to this song or like a, from this song where like, I can't believe that used to be what I thought karma was. And now I'm just like, you can also, like karma can also reward you. Like if you are trying your absolute best, it can, it can go with you instead of like just something to punish people. Anyway. Well, I think what feels very relevant to Christian culture right now about this song is she's not just saying, Karma's my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you wouldn't know what I mean. I do a good job and you are going to burn in hell. (laughs) Like, which is actually super interesting. Just given, I don't know. She hasn't, she has like a vigilante streak, but she definitely has this side of her that's like, she doesn't just want to succeed. She wants everyone that she doesn't like to suffer. Yeah. 
which is really kind of interesting, especially because the rest of this album has shown such a maturity from her. And mm-hmm. like, you can see a lot of the parallels of how she used to think about things and how she thinks about them now. But with Karma, she's like, nah. She's like, no, <laughs> like actually, Scooter Braun, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, she's like, this isn't actually about my judgment anymore. It's about the universe's judgment and you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> die. Um, yeah, I do think that's interesting. Uh, Becca and I have talked about this where we're like, it's so interesting that she's like, karma is my boy. Like she didn't just like, she's cheated on people. She's like done bad things. And she, I mean, it's also, she publicly told us that basically, like we know this because she told us. And um, I don't know, she's just so com- confident singing this song. <laughs> and Like even the first time I heard it, like I felt a little uncomfortable. Cause I was like, how can you cope? How do people like this confidently think that they are right and doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Um, or just like so much more right than somebody else. And I think like in certain circumstances, I feel like that, but like very broadly and definitely like not in my everyday life, like interpersonal relationships. Um, yeah. I'm like, I can definitely see things from both sides. I'm not, I, I'm not agreeing with Scooter Braun, but it is just, <laughs> like you said, it's interesting. It does feel like a lack of maturity, but like I keep my side of the street clean. You wouldn't know what I mean. Like this person is just so depraved of goodness. <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. even understand like how to keep themselves. But I, I don't know. That's also very good girl gone sad. Like you harbor the shit that happened to you and it, you take it with you. And sometimes yeah. it's the only way of like framing it. On a slightly related <laughs> note. So there was a TikTok that Sid and I sent each other at the same time. <laughs> I Did I tag you in it? I think so. I think you had tagged me and I sent it to you yeah. <laughs> simultaneously. Yeah. Um, but so Ben Rector, who Sid, Sid did not know, but he is a singer and he sings like every wedding song you've ever heard. Um, he made this TikTok and he was like, somebody needs to do a Christian cover of karma is my boyfriend, but it needs to be Jesus is my boyfriend. And the funny thing is that when I heard, like, I literally heard karma is my boyfriend. And I had that thought, I was just like, Jesus is my boyfriend. Like, this is the same energy. And I like, couldn't put into words what was so funny to me about it. But I just kept thinking about like the people who would be like, I'm not dating because Jesus is my boyfriend and like I'm focusing on our relationship and or like people who would use Jesus as an excuse to break up with somebody like well it's just in my heart Jesus doesn't say that's right or I'm looking for a Christ-centered relationship so this isn't like doing that for me I don't know it just it's funny it's just so funny that I had that thought and then he mm-hmm. was like somebody needs to do a cover and if it hasn't been done I'm gonna I'm do doing it, it. here <laughs> yeah. it comes I'm doing it um, so but I am bummed because I'm me. I'm bombarded with Kermit is my boyfriend. <laughs> Kermit is a frog. Kermit is a little green amphibian. And thank you to all of you who sent it to me. I got it sent to me quite a few times. That's how I know <laughs> I'm loved. Is that people were like, have you seen this? And I go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have. yes. So, um, moving on to number two, mm-hmm. this is what have could have should have lots to unpack here. There's quite a bit of Christian imagery in this one. And Taylor has been known to use Christian imagery, especially sort of purity imagery, like crumpled up piece of paper lying here. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of different examples of that, but a lot, of, lot, a lot, a lot of stuff comes up in this one. So some lyrical examples of this Christian imagery, all I used to do was pray. 
I would have stayed on my knees, aka praying. Um, I never would have danced with the devil. Give me back my girlhood. It was my first. That one really like hurts my little heart. Mm-hmm. Um, if you never touched me, I would have gone along with the righteous and your crisis of my faith. And then this one is interesting to me. The tomb won't close stained glass windows in my mind. This one is just, I'm unclear on what this means. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get like the tomb not closing vibes, but stained glass windows in my mind is like, it's very churchy, but I can't really it, figure out what it means. Um, I don't exactly remember where this falls in the song, but it could be like almost rose colored glasses while it was happening. Like light through stained glasses, very pretty, like beautiful light. Yeah. So while it was happening, it's like, it's maybe it still lingers mm-hmm. um, through the stained glass windows or um, stained glass in- windows traditionally tell, like told people who couldn't read the stories of church. So that's what I think maybe it is. It's like the depict, the brightly colored depiction mm-hmm. is like, even though she wants it to die, it's on her brain constantly. I think that's probably like shining light on it even when you don't want it to yeah um yeah it just sticks in your brain mm -hmm. and you don't really get to choose how you remember or you feel about it yeah big big purity big loss of innocence vibes definitely this feeling that like that part of her was taken from her and she's very sad about it and I think like One of the things that makes this song so heart-wrenching, especially when you look at it with Dear John, because this song is almost definitely about John Mayer. She says she's 19, which we know. We have the facts. Yes. She was 19. He was like 34, 36. I feel like this song obviously is like very much recognizing his flaws, talking about what he did wrong and like putting some blame on him but it's also like she's still blaming herself in some ways and it's kind of like if it never happened what could have happened for me and I don't know I think that's the saddest part it's just this feeling of like something bad happened to you and we obviously don't know the extent but like you had something at a young age that like has really really stuck with you in a negative way and there's still a part of you that's like I could have avoided this mm-hmm which is very, you know, make sure you wear a long skirt so that boys don't think about your legs energy. Yeah. And like, also at 19, she was still religious, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Hard to know because she Hard was doing know. the yeah, country that's music. Not, that's not really fair for me to say, but she was closer to it, closer to being like religious than she is now. She was never so over about her religion, except, except for, for Christmas song. <laughs> I was just going to say, except for the Christmas song. Here's to the birthday boy who saved our lives. But she does. I mean, like we know from 15, like Abigail gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind and we both cried. We know how she feels about virginity or how she felt. Hopefully she's evolved in that. But like, we know that she once saw your virginity as like, everything you had and so then to hear her say give me back my girlhood it was mine first it's just like it feels like this loss of self which is just really heartbreaking 
I mean, it is like 15 when someone tells you they love you, you're going to believe them. Bringing up what we said earlier, when you're told that like your whole worth is this other person who's going to complete you or like ring by spring energy, you're so susceptible to giving your whole self to somebody like sex aside. I mean, I feel like everybody's, especially with these lyrics, very quick to assume this is about her virginity but I also just think that like you can be in a relationship especially when you're 19 that just Mm -hmm. takes so much out of you even if that's not a part of it and you can still feel like you've lost part of yourself in another person which is just like really sad she also refers to him as a promising grown man Mm -hmm. um which people are saying is like a flip on promising young woman because Mm -hmm. it's to make you be like don't you see this like you're being treated with the grace of like a child and you know you're a grown-up you're an adult um which I just think is interesting especially it from our perspective of like people kind of use that term of like promising young woman to describe girls who have a lot of talent or are rule followers and most likely to succeed type people um so then to put it on a man is just like emphasizes like you're not gonna grow up to be a certain way. You are that person. You yeah. are grown up. Even more darkly refers to people like Brock Turner, where it's like, he made one little mistake mm-hmm. and then gets off relatively scot free from doing horrible things because he comes from a place of privilege. And at the time, even still, like no one was more privileged than John Mayer. This makes me hate BJ Novak. New decision. They're like, best, <laughs> yeah. they're like best friends. It's gross. Well, BJ Novak also has some weird dating history. Oh? Yeah. I, I'm not going to I say paid it so because... little attention to him. All I know is that people speculate he is the father of Mindy Kaling's children. Yeah. It's like really weird because there's like that side of things where it's really positive and people love him and they love him in the context of Mindy Kaling. But then there's a lot of like really kind of icky stories about him dating like 18 year olds, 19 year olds. Like, I don't know. It's like these people. Yeah. Yeah. We know. And Mm -hmm. it still just keeps getting today. They announced that he's probably dating Kiernan Shipka, not Jerry Seinfeld. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would be very alarming. Although he did date a high schooler. So that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like, people don't know that people don't care. And when they find that out, they're like, Ugh. and I don't know, men just get so much grace and women don't. Taylor Swift is crucified for being cringe. Mm-hmm. And also the private plane. I don't remember the exact lyric, but there's something about where she's like, wants to like, hidden where it hurt. I think you're totally right. I think it's promising young man is what the reference is. I think I was thinking about it wrong, but it's like that. I think it's both, but I, yeah, uh, but it's like that one mistake ruins your life. Like it was mm -hmm. just one mistake. Her being like, no, I'm not going to let you forget about your one mistake. And I'm going to keep finding ways to hurt you the way that you hurt me is very interesting. The song breaks my heart. And it's also just beautiful to listen to. Yeah. It's like a really, I feel like I listened to it several times without like really listening to it. It was just kind of like, Oh yeah, this is kind of a bop. And then it was like, Oh gosh. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? All right. Here comes number one. Anti-hero. Oh, you're an anti. I'm an anti. Oh yeah. I'm an anti. I guess she says anti-hero. So I should respect her wishes. (laughs) Respect her wishes. Right? Um, Doesn't she? 
anti-hero, anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti-hero, 100% is number one. Did you hear my covert narcissism disguised as altruism? Uh, That is um, raising your hand because you have something really exciting you want to pray for um, in the offertory. What is it called? Oh, intentions. You have like a really exciting intention that you want to give to the class and like that's the way you break news to everybody but you know it's really it's praying it's for god um it's going on a one of an ill-fated mission trip as we have spoken about it is just like the entire holier than thou mentality is like proselytizing um i actually have the grace of god like imbued in my body and you could too but you don't because i can see your shoulders and that's really tough. So that's that's number one. And that's enough to make it number one. That's mm-hmm. the first point. That's enough to make it number one. Also talks about how, like her negative self-talk and her anxiety and her depression and that ill-fated sale moment <laughs> on the, in mm-hmm. the music video, which weight is really tough, um, especially when you are such a public figure. It's tough for everybody. That's not fair of me to say that famous people have things harder because I don't I really don't think that's true. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's true. It's just more publicized. It's just more publicized. And there are more people, yeah, there are people paying attention. That whole conversation around like the word choice and stuff like that and like whether or not it's fair of her to just say something that's like bothers her, whether that's fat shaming, like mm-hmm. that whole conversation, I feel like proves this song right. Like, yeah, it's like, how do you feel rooting for somebody that's hard to root for? And it's like, here we go again. Like, and it's like, and why is she so hard to root for? I think mm-hmm. aside from that, she's a nuanced person. And it's really, it makes me uncomfortable when people don't have any criticisms of her. Yeah, oh my gosh. When people are just like blindly in support of everything she does and say, says, I'm like, I love her. I think she's great, but I'm also not going to go to bat for anyone. And you have to have, I think, some level of narcissism to want to be famous. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily bad. Obviously it can be bad, but I don't think that a little bit of like really believing in yourself more than other people do is necessarily bad. But I think like, I don't know, it's just interesting to hear it framed up the way that she talks about it because she's clearly self-aware, but then she also is kind of admitting that she's not that self-aware. Like I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. Mm -hmm. That's her saying like, I know I have flaws, but (laughs) like sort of, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a really interesting way of talking about it, but I just feel like this whole song is like, you know, overthinking anthem. It's like, Mm -hmm. did I say something weird? Does everyone hate me? It's so hard to like me. Which I feel like also stems from the, like, nobody wanted to play with her as a little kid. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. It's like, yeah. And you're still thinking about yourself. Right. I had the same thought. Yeah. (laughs) Which I, I'm always like only thinking about myself and I'm like, uh, I have to do this thing. If not, I'll feel bad. Like, which is covert narcissism disguised as altruism, but it's like guilt. Mm Mm-hmm. Catholic guilt it's whatever guilt the final point blaming yourself even when it's not entirely your fault and because you're you can only look inward mm-hmm. like, it can be other people's faults but then you'd have to think about how other people affected you 
Yeah. Well, also it's like, this is probably not going to be very articulate because I'm thinking as I'm talking, but like the, I think that a lot of people who have extreme anxiety and depression issues are often a little selfish because that's all they can think about or not selfish, but like end up being self-centered because like when you are so wrapped up with your own like emotions and you're trying to get through the day, like you can be really focused on yourself. So it's kind of interesting, you know, saying like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. That is self-centered. It is narcissistic, but it also is like, just kind of shows too, that like, if she has the depression that she's talking about, like you can be so hard on yourself and so focused Mm -hmm. on yourself that you're constantly thinking about like, what's my impression on this person rather Mm -hmm. than like thinking about how other people are feeling and stuff like that. I don't know. That wasn't super eloquent, but I think there's just like a lot of elements to this song that are very vulnerable for her. And in a way that like, she hasn't really been before about this part of her. Yeah. I agree. And then she also like turned it into like a poppy anthem. Mm-hmm. Which is it's easy. It's a little easier to hide behind that. But it's also like, I don't know. It's interesting to hear her say that when at the same time, karma is her boyfriend. Karma is a god. Karma, I, do- I still, like you said earlier, I don't exactly understand how karma fits into the rest of this. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just like the everything else is so self-reflective and karma it's so not it's just like this unnuanced thought but it's also probably my favorite song on the album so there you go such a bop yeah oh I think it's funny how we always say actual good person and actual bad person Mm -hmm. because we still have to quantify right and wrong we have to be like no this person's an actual bad person they don't just do bad things they're an actual bad person that's so true we both frame it that way and we say that to each other all the time I don't know if it's just common vernacular I don't think it is I think it's a good girl tendency yeah it's sort of a recognition of people can do things that are bad mm-hmm. and not be a bad person but you can also do things that are good and be a bad person and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we do that to quant, like to be like, it's not just a little bit bad. <laughs> this right. is It's bad. Bad, bad. Real true yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we, th- do we think it's time? I think it's time to reveal our special award for dead last least <laughs> dead last least good girl gone sad energy goes to vigilante shit and there's many reasons here one is again what's doing lines in the bathroom cocaine no, not in my bathroom no okay. no i yeah i also think I'm like, it's a little bit postured, you know, draw the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man. That's a little good girl to me. Like that feeling of like, I'm going out and I'm going to look hot or whatever. Yes. For me, I don't dress for women. I don't dress for men. Um, I do dress for women. That is who I'm dressing for. I don't dress for men literally ever, but I dress for women and I dress for compliments on my little outfits. And so I don't, I don't relate to dressing for revenge 
I have dressed for revenge and then I go, I feel like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cosplay. I feel like a clown. Yeah. Um, no, we were singing this song. Um, oh, this is when you were in my backyard at that party. And mm-hmm. it was like, lately I've been dressing for people to say I look like a pickle. Like I was wearing <laughs> this all green jumpsuit. And I was like, lately I've been dressing to look like an imagination mover. Lately I've been dressing for keen eyed people to notice that I'm wearing a subtle reference to a movie that came out in 1984. Um, I've been dressing for little nerds to notice me on the street and go cool shirt. Yeah. That's, that's definitely not binary. That is any little nerd. (laughs) Yeah. Um, one thing I will say though, I feel like telling on people. Tattletale. Tattletale is very, I guess, that's Although so- I've never tattletailed. I never did when I was younger. Like people would cheat on off me. Like I would know and I would just cover my paper, you know? Like That's kind of vigilante shit. <laughs> yes, so. paper is absolutely vigilante. I'm dressing for revenge, aka putting the wrong answer, seeing if you got it, changing my answer. <laughs> That's yeah. true. But That's- I feel like if I were in her situation, I would be very mad but then I also would have constant guilt. Like if this is true, if she caused Scooter Braun's divorce and sent him to white collar crime prison or whatever, like I would feel so guilty constantly. So I could never do something like that. So I feel like. That's also like, that's not karma. That's her putting it into action. That's having a lot of money and probably a private investigator. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's lawyers. I think I was a tattletale. I do think I learned my lesson pretty quick. Like, of what's that going to get you? It happens in Harry Potter. Okay, 10 points away from Slytherin, but also five points from Gryffindor. Why are you ta- Yeah. <laughs> tattletale? Mm-hmm. Tattletale. Yeah, well, also don't get sad, get even. No, that's... That's not good girl energy. No, you gotta energy. get sad. You don't go bad, you go sad, Taylor. <laughs> good girl energy is, I'm I'm the problem, it's me. I maybe, she, maybe this is camp for her. Maybe this is like high camp and she literally did just kind of like hint at Scooter Braun's wife and be like, this kind of thing happened. And then in her brain, this is like her cat eyes so sharp. They've never been that sharp. Did mm-hmm. you see that TikTok that was like cat eye sharp enough to kill a man? And it was just like close-ups of some of the worst cat eyes you've ever seen. Like <laughs> really funny. smudged, poorly done. It's Sad. it was it was high comedy. I may, maybe maybe she sees this as camp. And maybe this is like the the fantasy you create in your brain, you know, when you mm-hmm. turn your life into a movie. Yeah. Well, it's bad just- blood, ready for it. Yeah. There's a lot of songs. What you made me do. Mm-hmm. Getaway car. That's a movie. Well, Getaway Car is... At the Met Gala. Yeah. Also, this little section here. Ladies always rise above. Ladies know what people want. Someone sweet and kind and fun. The lady simply had enough. This desire to be like, what if I snapped? Like, yeah. I haven't, but what if I did? What if I did? What would happen? I could. I'm like, kind of excited about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't even mention that in the other song. What song is it where it's like, oh, and Mastermind, where she's like, women have to do this or else we'll die alone is what she's implying. <laughs> but she talks in a lot of the songs about like marriage in an interesting way. Like, oh, yeah, like wanted I, a bride. I be your bride. Women mm-hmm. like your wife. And I just want to have you as my boyfriend, which is okay. 
all the wisest women had to do it this way because we were born to be the pawn in every lover's game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's only cryptic and Machiavellian because she cares. She's only Machiavellian because she took the SAT twos. <laughs> because she, she liked Googled. that word. She, she actually Googled it when she was Googling how school works when you got graded on a curve. And then people were like, it's Machiavellian. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I did a live listen with my friend. And when she said Machiavellian, I went, Machiavellian. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I feel like, I mean, upon further consideration, I'm like, is vigilante shit the last? Is it, is it dead last? Dead last. I, I don't know if I would say that, but I would say the energy of it, if we are taking mm-hmm. it on face value, mm-hmm. is very far from a good girl gone sad. That would be a good girl gone bad, which is fine. Gone bad, but it's just not, it's just not quite sad. She's sad, which made her mad. Very bad blood. I also, mm-hmm. I, um, I do think, I want to touch on high infidelity. I think it's very interesting. <gasps> mm-hmm. One that where she was on April 29th was not my birthday party, which yeah. it's my birthday. Um, yeah, my birthday is in a Taylor Swift lyric. So everyone just calm down. That's a two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now you can never forget. But also like, I, I, I know that she's like, hasn't she kind of mentioned as somebody mentioned like, oh, this is just one of those stories I made up. It kind of like made up this story. Well, she said that in, um, mm, what's the, the original one? illicit affairs oh oh illicit affairs yeah, so yeah. on that album it was like these are stories of other people but I think high infidelity uh, so let's I'll tell you my theory based on nothing except for that I don't want Taylor Swift to have cheated on her bo- boyfriend because that will make me sad so my theory is that she went to some event and like, especially because the way she talks in Bejeweled about like, I don't remember. Also, Calvin Harris says she cheated on him. Mm-hmm. So with all of those clues, my feeling is that she went to something and then just kind of like decided to act like she wasn't dating somebody. So like she didn't necessarily hook up with somebody. She didn't necessarily go home with somebody. Maybe she did in a getaway car, but (laughs) I think it's more that like, you know, she went somewhere and she danced and she had a little fun and just like chose to lie by omission. And so it can be seen as like high infidelity because it's like you and me, you know, we were on the rocks. And so I went and flirted with somebody and then I realized my true worth. Because it does not mirror illicit affairs. Like illicit affairs is a totally different vibe. It's like mm-hmm. someone's married. <laughs> like high infidelity is sort of like I flirted with somebody and I see that and it probably wasn't the best thing, but it ended up fine because you're mean. <laughs> I was just gonna say I, it's interesting because um if it's true, then it's like going back to her not being perfect and being able to talk about it. And that is something I think that's hard for Girl Girls Gone Sad to do is like, I did this thing, I like this thing that I never thought I could do, like cheating or whatever, but everyone's a person. And like, maybe you have to seeing it from the other side because that was never your intention to hurt people. I don't, I just think it's interesting. But if she's like, I don't know, it's kind of made this one up. Oof, came on my bro- I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, that'd be funny to write a song about that. So April silly. 29th, can you believe it? Can you believe <laughs> it? Just a random date on the calendar. Um, I don't, I, it just, it's, 
it's like good to hear other people talk about it and it not it is like it's a villainous thing but to not villainize it does that make sense yeah well also I just think that like dancing around dancing around it like that Mm -hmm. to me feels more innocent like I bent the truth too far tonight I was dancing around it like that is kind of like I I I met I leaned too far into a fantasy realized what could be there for me and realized that this is done so yeah it's not quite as like you know it's still not great and you don't want someone to do that to you but she's telling her side of the story of just like it wasn't just that I decided to go somewhere and say that I forgot if I have a boyfriend, like I can't remember, but I don't know. I just, it's interesting. Like your picket fence is sharp as knives. It's just like, she's being like shoved into this box that she didn't want to be in. Yeah. And that's really scary. Or like the thing that she thought she always wanted, she got close, which is like, maybe like, maybe she didn't always want, but like the good, good girls, quote unquote, taught to like picket fence, little family, ring by spring, all of that. And then like, it feels really suffocating and you're out of that. I think that's very good girl gone sad. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Also, I always have to say when in question, when she's like, did you ever kiss someone in a crowded room? Dance floor makeouts, extremely good girl gone sad. <laughs> like, and all I'm your friends are making fun of you. Huh? And all your friends are making fun of you. All your friends are making fun of you because you do it all the time, probably. Um, DFMO. I don't know if it was coined by Mary Beth Barone, who is a good girl gone sad, but uh, DFMO is a dance floor makeout. And DFMO was not coined by Mary Beth Barone. No, no, we said that in college. Oh, I had never heard it until I heard her say it. Well, we said DFM, but other people say DFMO. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so sorry, but Mary Beth Barone is a good girl <laughs> gone sad and yes. um, brought the dance floor makeout to my attention, which. I, I, you, it seems antithesis to a good girl, um, but kissing someone performatively where people are watching. Yeah. Yeah, Honestly, maybe that's what happened with Sarah Swift. Maybe she had a dance floor makeout. I think so. I think so. Are there any other songs you wanted to touch on before we end this? Well, I just have to say that I really like the great war and I think it's a dumb song and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we think Paris is dumb, but it's so fun. Paris is great, yeah, and it's so dumb. Yeah. Um, it sounds like she's saying wearing sombreros, and I was like, she would just be like, ha, 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 look at my silly hat. Yeah. Some of these, I feel like, are not as overtly good girl, but they, like, line up. Like, Glitch, to me, goes mm-hmm. along with Snow on the Beach and Labyrinth. Like, the same kind of, like, what's happening? Why am I in love? This isn't what I planned kind of thing. I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of the same vibe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lavender Haze is like sweet nothings, but without, it's just more fun. It's like without the added element of like pressure to constantly be doing stuff. Um, guy, too sad to talk about. I'm that one's really, it. really sad, especially the yeah. way that people are talking about it and like potential meanings. It's just like really, really sad. So I didn't even want to <laughs> think about that one in the ranking, to be honest. No, fair enough. Look, I've but, heard it like twice. And then when it comes on, I skip it because I'm like, not right now. I'm good, actually. Well, and she says what could have been should have been. It's an interesting parallel to what it could have should have. She doesn't do things by accident because she's be on her vigilante shit. I've got to be honest. I don't remember what Dear Reader's about. It's kind of lame. There was 
<laughs> there was one right, lyric. No, we, we've touched on all of them now. Well, this is kind of interesting. Burn all the files, desert all your past lives. If you don't recognize yourself, that means you did it right. It was kind of like the rebirth of a good girl who's gone sad. Yeah, Dear Reader is like just kind of like good advice for a good girl. Never take advice from someone who's falling apart. Then when you can, snap when you have to. You don't have to answer just because they asked you. Like all yeah. of that is very much like important to note. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. There are some religious imagery things. Yeah. In there too. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. I don't know. But this one is like similar to me. This one like goes hand in hand to antihero. It's like, don't use me as your guiding light. Don't, you know. And so I feel like antihero is more of a energy mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you read her is interesting because she knows some people look up to her and she's like mm-hmm. taking ownership of that but also is like, I just want to write songs. Yeah. You guys kind of did this to me. Not like, and she's not ungrateful for it, but she's like, maybe I'm just a person. I always say I'm just a person. Well, great album. Lots to unpack. I mean, we could do this with the whole discography and have just like a new podcast for that. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Are we done? I think so. I think we're done. All right. Well, thank you all so much for sticking through this with us. As we unpacked all of it, I'm like lightheaded from talking so much. No, I'm really tired. <laughs> this took a lot out of me. It yeah. also was like a little deeper than maybe we had originally thought it would be. It was more like, here's some universal truths that I think we can all, all sit with. And it's nice to listen to this. And have that to lean on. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to part two of the Good Rose Gone Stop Definitive Countdown to Midnight Recap. Um, to all of our Swifties out there, thanks for listening. To anyone who wasn't a Swiftie and listened anyway, we're going to mail wow. you Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that earlier. I literally thought about that earlier. Just a short time. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, call people whores on the internet, but Taylor Swift might. She has, has. (laughs) but she's changed. And when she re-releases that album, we will find out how.